Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Today is a little unusual. Um, I ministered something the first Wednesday night that we were back from uh, California, and of course, when I know pastor's going to be gone here in a couple of weeks, you know, I always start, you know, just kind of wondering, okay, now, Lord, what, what, we, what we're going to do when, while he's away. And Lord actually told me to go back and preach it again. I went, well, okay. So if you were here that night, great, you get to hear it again. And if you weren't here, you get to hear it for the first time. But, you know, no, I, I know preaching well enough to know that no matter if you do the same sermon, you can pull out the same set of notes and it always comes out different. And so, you know, there's going to be something different here. But, you know, if God said preach it a second time, then he wasn't just letting me off the hook trying to find something new. He, he was, which, you know, you know, that's okay with me too. <laughs> but, but the thing about he, he's got he's got it here for somebody. It may be more than one somebody. It may be to reinforce something for somebody. Somebody may need a nugget that comes out of here. I may say, you know, all kinds of things, and you get one thing out of it. But that's okay. The one thing is the thing. It is the point. So, you know, what I call this is the importance of yes. And really what started this all off for me was the, um, I, you know, I, I think I mentioned this before. In fact, well, I told you this. Um, Pastor Nancy had, uh, while we were in California, um, you know, we go out there, you know, do the, we are there for the conference and, and pastor always speaks a couple of times while we're out there. And sometimes he does one of the ch- main church services, you know, and this time he, he didn't uh, do the, any church services. He did a couple of services in the, in the uh, conference and conference is over, you know, then we're, we're staying for the Bible school. And um, so we were the weekend in between con- the conference and the Bible school, you know, we were in the kitchen on the Saturday cause we stayed with pastor Nancy in her home. And uh, I'm in the kitchen, of course, both of us are in the kitchen, and she's over by the fireplace just getting, sitting there reading. And she looked up, and she says, uh, I, I, have a, I have a great idea. I, th- I think this will be a good idea. And I said, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm thinking, what? you know, what's a good idea? You know, to go out and get pizza, you know, what? You know, but uh, she said, I think Pastor Angela is supposed to minister tomorrow morning. And the first thing I said to her was, you got the wrong Anderson. I don't do that. You know, I'm comfortable in a small setting. I'm comfortable here with you because you're so nice to me. Uh, I'm comfortable in the classroom setting because it's a small group, that kind of stuff. But they're, they're on live stream. There's a lot of people watching that, you know. And, there's, and it's a bigger church and, and all this. And, and it's taken me years to get to, to be able to be in the pulpit without, you know, throwing up. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. But she said, you know, she said, later she told me that she had had this come to her earlier in the day. Of course, this is about 6 o'clock on a Saturday night. How would you like to get told 6 o'clock Saturday night you're going to do the next morning? But anyway, you know, she said, I had this early day, but I didn't want to scare you too bad. So I thought I'd wait for the right, for the right time. And I went, oh, okay. She said, now, now you don't have to say yes. On the inside of me, I knew I have to say yes. There's, there's a reason I have to say Yes. And so I went ahead and said, yes, I'm going, what am I supposed to do? You know, so, of course, it was, not a, it was not the most restful night that I've ever slept. You know, and I got up and just said, well, you're just praying the Holy Ghost. I wrote down a few things. And basically, I wound up telling my testimony, which, you know, in effect, later, I had every single person on staff 
all these people in the church and all the people in the Bible school. I mean, I had so many people come tell me how much that blessed them. Because you know what? Telling your testimony helps people relate to how God has worked in your life. It's important for you to tell your testimony. You be fresh in what your testimony is because somebody needs to hear it. And so, I mean, that blessed me. I'm thinking, well, maybe she didn't miss it after all. You know, and, and PG texted me that Sunday afternoon and said, you did good, Mom. And I said, well, it's a good thing nobody knew that I was about to throw up, you know, as I, as I was being introduced. And, and, and that's the truth. I mean, I was like, okay, going to keep this down or not? You know, that's why, I did, that's why I didn't have breakfast this morning, you know. But I, and God started talking to me about the importance of the word yes and, and, and how yes plays a part through the entire plan of God and through our lives as well. And so we just kind of, I went back to Deuteronomy. You know, and you could, you could say, well, yes, and choice is the same thing. Well, yes and no, it's not. It's really not. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, if you want to turn there, it says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, both you and your, that both you and your seed may live. Well, you know, most of us in here have chosen life. We've chosen Jesus. But in the middle of choosing him, there's a lot of things that we, we must say yes to. I mean, when we say, say, okay, it's important to say yes. You know, one of the things you'll think about is say yes to Jesus. Yes, we've, we've done that. That obviously is the most important thing. You know, I mean, you can, you can add so many other things. Say yes to being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, but there's, there's choice that comes and you choose right, and yet you have to say yes to the direction that that choice brings. Because when you say yes to God, when you choose life, when you choose God, now there's going to be action accompanied in your, accompanying your choices. And, and with every action that he asks you to do, you must say yes. You must say yes. You can choose not to say yes. Just like Pastor Nancy said, you don't have to say yes. And, and, on the, and, and I was tempted to, highly, really, big time tempted to. And yet, as scared, and I, I use that word not just figuratively, but literally, as scared as I was to say yes, I said yes. You know, and, and I, with Paul talked about being in much fear and trembling and and uh, that's what I felt like on that Sunday morning. But once I got started, I was good. You know, once I got started, I was good. And when I sat down, Pastor patted me on the knee. He said, did good. And I went, oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't feel like I need to go crawl in a hole somewhere now. That's good. <laughs> if you say it was good, okay, okay, okay. We're, good. We're okay. We're okay. But you know what? Um, everybody through, down through the ages has said yes. Abraham said Yes. When God told him to take your family, get up from here, and go, he said yes. Noah said yes. At age 600, he said yes. And for 100 years, he is building a boat with neighbors who are saying, what are you doing? What? What are you doing? I suspect he got a lot of ridicule. And every day he had an opportunity to say yes to the plan of God. Every day. Because he was going to put into action what God had told him to do. By, and he did it with his actions. He went out there, picked up his hammer, you know, and got busy every single day. A hundred years of that. 
How many of us could withstand more than 10 days? Of people going, what are you doing? What are you doing? This doesn't make any sense. Rain? What's rain? Flood? What's a flood? Well, God said, get this ready. What are you doing? He withstood that. A hundred years. A hundred years. We look at Jonah. Oh, Jonah, I love Jonah because he's the man who says no. He says no. Look what it did for him. It got him a trip, a wild ride in the whale. (laughs) But you know what? He finally figured it out and said yes to God and turned the city of Nineveh around. You know, you go back down through the ages and you see all kinds of people who said, who had to say yes to God. If you look in, in the Gospels, each disciple, Jesus would come along. And there's an example of it in Matthew, or, uh, yeah, Matthew 4, where four disciples are mentioned. Simon, of which turned out to be Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And over in Matthew 9, the disciple Matthew. And you can see where would Jesus just walked up to him and said, follow me. He didn't spend hours trying to entice them with this. He didn't spend hours trying to convince them of anything. He didn't, he didn't spend hours telling them what the benefits might be or the, or the lack of benefits might be. He just said, follow me. And you know, there are times in our lives when God's just going to say, follow me. Follow me. These are men who turned the world upside down when Jesus went to heaven and left them here with a mandate to go teach my people. Because it started with a yes. And if we're going to walk in victory, it's going to start with a yes. If we're going to walk out the plan of God in general for this age, it starts with you and me saying yes. If we're going to walk out the plan for our individual lives, it's going to start with us saying yes. Hallelujah. The rich young ruler in Luke 9, or Luke 18 and Matthew 19, had an opportunity. He was a man who came to Jesus and said, I, I, I love the law. I, I keep the law. I do all these things. I, I, I want to be a blessing. I want to do this. And Jesus said, one thing you lack. He told him to go sell all you have and give to the poor. He didn't, if you go back and read those two passages, he did not say sell all you have and give all you have to the poor. He said sell all you have. He didn't want things to have him anymore. And then give, you know what, anytime, anytime God puts anything in your hands, you ought to be able to give, you know, do this and give, do this and give, do this and give. There's a principle there. But the young man wouldn't let go of things, so he wouldn't say yes. There is, I, I, I would like to think, and I suspect if he really did love God, that after Jesus was crucified, raised from the dead, and the, and the good news of the gospel began to be shared and spread abroad, and people had opportunities to be born again, I believe he probably is one of those people, you know, who said yes and received Jesus as Lord in his heart. Because if he really came to God, you know, and came to Jesus that day and said, I want to follow you, and Jesus said, well, you, you need to do this, I think he, I would like to think that at some point he, he turned around and went, you know, I should have said yes. I should have said yes to that. But he didn't. I, I'd like to think that one day he did say yes. But he's never mentioned again. The potential that was lost 
and his refusal to say yes, we'll never know. We'll never know. You know, over in, uh, in Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62, you, you see where Jesus, he's telling a couple of people to follow me, and they give him excuses. Just give him excuses. Why? Well, I need to do this first. I need to do this first. My kids, when they were growing up, and I did this to my mother, I will admit, when she would tell me I need you to do something, instead of saying, yes, ma'am, I'd say, just a minute. How many times do we look at God and say, just a minute? You're basically saying no when you say just a minute. You're basically saying, I'm just going to ignore what you just asked me to do because I'm busy doing what I want to do. Just just a minute, just a minute. Boy, if I got tired of hearing that out of my kids growing up, no, no, not just a minute, now. See, God's a now kind of guy. He's a now person. And it's we're best suited to say yes as soon as he asks. Now, you may have to stop and say, now, now God, okay, I am happy to do that. When would you like me to do that? I mean, do you want me to do it now? You want to do it? I mean, there's nothing wrong with asking that question. There are some times when you know it's now. You know, the tone of my voice to my children indicated I meant now. And sometimes God will take a certain tone with us, you know, that means to us, should mean to us that he means now, not later, not just a minute, not when I get around to it, not when I'm comfortable with it, not when I think about it, you know, and go, okay, yeah, well, okay, yeah, it's not such a bad idea. He wants us to say, get ready to say yes to him all the time just, just because he asks us to. Amen. Now, over in Luke 5, you'll find where Jesus, he told the disciples they'd been toiling all night with their fishing boats and they'd caught nothing. And, and he said, come, cast in your nets on the other side. These are professional fishermen. They know their trade. They know their business. But yet, because Jesus said it, so, and that's what we do to him sometimes. Yeah, but Lord, I know this. Da, da, I know. I know. I know no, no, no. And he's going, just do this. Whether it goes against everything you think you know or not, you do this. And he used to say, yes, Lord. They said, yes, Lord. And look, they had so many fish that they break the nets and the boats were about to sink. You know, there's benefits that saying yes. Well, let me, I don't know. I will hold that for just a minute. What if Abraham hadn't said yes? We wouldn't all be able to hear as, you know, children of the covenant that Abraham made with God. What if Jesus hadn't said yes? It was Jesus' choice to come to this earth. He willingly laid aside his divinity to become a man. What if he had said, just a minute, Lord, or let me think about it a while, or that doesn't really fit my schedule. I don't know about that. But he, he didn't. He said yes. He came. He grew up as a man, and in the Garden of Gethsemane, he went back and said, Lord, this is just so hard. I know what's ahead of me. If it's possible, let it pass. If not, my answer is yes. He had another opportunity to say yes or no to the plan that God had laid out. He had an opportunity. What, where would we all be had he said, not today, Lord, not today. Don't think I want to do this today. Where would we be? Where would we be had Paul not said yes to God? I mean, the Pauline revelation dominates our lives 
I mean, it is, it is the foundation that, that the Lord it had Paul write to leave for us as, as a guide and, and as, as, a, as answers and all the things that we found out who we are, that the Pauline revelation is just the most amazing thing. It was, it's what Jesus couldn't put out there because nobody would have understood what he was talking about. He had to have somebody like Paul come along and, and get this out to men. It cost him. I mean, there, he was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was imprisoned. He died for the sake of, sake of the gospel. He was, he was in a continual yes mode. Everywhere he went, everything he did, he was continually saying yes. Even in the hard places, he was saying that. How about, how about Philip? You know, had he not said yes in the, in the eighth chapter of the book of Acts? There was a man out in the desert who was reading the scripture and had nobody to explain it to him. And God transported Philip out there who explained the word of God to this one man. It says he was a man of great authority in the kingdom of the queen of Ethiopia. Don't tell me he didn't have some influence when he left that place. And God sent Philip out there for one man. One man. There's a story and, and, I, and I believe I'm correct in saying that it's Billy Graham. I, I'm pretty sure it is. About a minister who went to, to a small little town in North Carolina and held meetings for three weeks. And during the course of this three-week revival, only one little boy got saved. And he left there so disappointed that only one little boy got born again. After three weeks of plowing, all he had to show for it was one little boy. And look what that one little boy did. Because that man said yes to go to a small town. What would have happened had our pastor not said yes? He said yes in spite of his wife. He kept saying yes in spite of his wife. When I'm going... We got to leave. We got to leave. We got to leave Bible school. Go home for what? I don't know, but we got to go. Just because because he had a witness on the inside that we got to go home. We had no idea what we were coming to. We had no idea. Forty years later, we'd still be in a small town. I said this in California. I said, why do why does why why are churches in small towns? Because praying people are there, people who are hungry are there because they deserve to hear the word just as much as anybody in any big city. Somebody has laid a foundation in prayer, and it doesn't matter to God how big the city is. He will send somebody who will say yes to him. And so we have a pastor who said yes, dragging his wife along. But he said yes. You know, I, I relayed the story uh, here the first night. I, I ministered this about how on, on New Year's Eve we had we'd gone to get something to eat, and we'd come back, and I was working in the office because I knew we were about to leave for California. A lot of things had to get done. And so he says, I'll, you know, I'm going to go on home. I'll see you later. And he calls me a little while later, and he says, uh, I picked up a couple of hitchhikers, and I'm going, what? <laughs> you don't do that. I mean, it's 9 o'clock at night. You don't, you don't do that. You don't pick up hitchhikers in the dark. And she says, so I'm just going to take them, you know, up to the truck stop, up to Ellisville, you know, just you know, north of the house. Then I'll go on home from there. And uh, I said, you turn your locators on on that phone so I can know where you are. 
And uh, so, so every once in a while, I'd, I'd check, you know, after I figured he got up there. And, the, and, that, and that phone stayed stationary at that truck stop for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. I'm going, oh, my heavens, they've overwhelmed him. You know, the devil's playing on my mind. They've overwhelmed him. They've taken the car. They've done this. Of course, I later found out that as soon as they got in, he said, I have a gun on my, on my hip right here. I've laid it on my lap, so don't try anything. And I'm going, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> but as it turned out, it was a young couple going back to Missouri. They were from Missouri. They were in their 20s. They really didn't know much about, about the things of God at all. But he had a captive audience, so he got them born again. So anyway, I mean, he picks them up and, and winds up eventually taking them on to the bus stop in Lake City and gives them money to get home on so that, so that they can get back. And he said, he told them, when you, know, you get home, number one, you get married. And number two... You get in a church. And number three, you serve God and you spread the news about what God has done for you. Who knows what that one yes of stopping to pick, in spite of a wife who's going, what are you doing? Are you crazy? (laughs) Who knows what results that will bring because he was willing to say yes. I, I have to honestly say, later I said, Now, you did pick them up because the Spirit of God told you to, right? He goes, yes, of course. Okay. (laughs) You know, the enemy is not not very kind about keeping, you know, your your comfort level there when it was, everything says it's a stupid thing to say, you know, to say yes to. But anyway, I want you to know that um, there is no yes that you will ever say to God that will not come with blessing for you, an opportunity to be a blessing to others without putting you in a position to influence others. Every time you say yes, there's blessing for you. There is blessing for someone else. And there is a position of influence it will put you in. You say, well, that didn't really do anything to put me in a position to influence anybody. Yeah, but the fact that you were obedient to say yes did. Uh, Brother Hagen tells a story about, about doing something particular. Uh, it was a financial thing that he had put on, he asked him to do for somebody that was seemingly a sacrifice for him at the time. And down the road, one of the first miracles that ever, he ever had in his ministry, you know, happened. And God said, if you hadn't obeyed me in doing that, giving that other minister that money, I could not have used you in this. So saying yes positions you for the future positions you. Hallelujah. Every yes has an eternal impact and reward. Every yes. You know, the Bible talks about rewards. We don't get born again because of our good works. We get born again strictly on faith because of what Jesus has done. That's how we're born again. That's what we do. We put all of our trust and all of our hope in Jesus and what he's done. He takes everything that we've done and he, he, is, he has borne the price of it. He's paid the price of it. He has given us his righteousness in exchange for our unrighteousness. He's made us beloved of the Father when we didn't deserve it. We just trust him. We know that Every bit of our salvation is tied up in him. It has nothing to do with how good or how bad I have been. makes no difference. But once you're born again, there are things that God wants us to do. He wants us to start saying yes when he asks us to do something. 
And with those yeses comes reward. Reward, Matthew talks about great rewards in heaven. There are rewards waiting for you up in heaven. But you know what? You forfeited them when you said no. Your heavenly bank account didn't grow at all when you said no. In fact, sometimes I wonder if maybe it diminishes a little bit. You know, we can get in such a habit of saying no to God. Or just, just not now, just in a little while, just a minute, Lord. That we can get to the place where we don't even, we don't even recognize when he's asking us to do something. We don't even recognize he's giving us an opportunity to say yes. While we were in California, God started talking to me about, about two words, guideposts and milestones. And, and so I, I was saying, what in the world is that all about? And so to me, it's like you're on the road. You're on like Interstate 75. You're going north. A guidepost is like those mile markers all along the way that keep assuring me that I'm headed in the right direction. I can see 74, 75. I know I'm going forward. And you, know, you, you ought to have things in your life that are always pointing you in the direction forward. And there are things along your way you can see that go, yep, I'm headed, I'm headed forward. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. Those are the small things. And yet there are milestones. For me, that Sunday morning in California was a milestone. I don't really know what it's all about, but I knew it was a milestone. There was something there in that, just the fact that I said yes. Even if I had blown it tremendously, the fact that I said yes would have, would have gotten me the reward I needed out of that and would have accomplished something in me that nothing else would have. And so milestones are, are major things that you say yes to. But you know what? They have vast significance, but in your eyes, it may or may not be big. It may be a small thing. Like Brother Hagen giving that one minister that money was a major milestone, opened up the door for the miraculous in his ministry. You don't know what those things look like. You know, sometimes we think, well, a milestone, uh, you know, it's maybe, okay, I need to, need to get off the interstate. I need to do this. Need to do sometimes, we, you know, we need to take a hard right turn. And sometimes it's just a yield to the right, just a little yield to the right. You can't decide which one of those is significant and which is not. You just have to be willing to trust God enough to say yes to him. And know that he's going to get you there. The problem here, sometimes we miss a turn. We miss a yield. We miss a fork. You know, and, and, we, and we, we eventually wind up where we needed to go. But what happened on the, on the wrong way? There were roadblocks. Maybe there were accidents, things that had to be gone around. There was traffic delays. There were things... You know, that we could have avoided had we, always, there's always going to be things we could have avoided. But, but eventually we got back to the right place. Well, you know, that's good. I mean, the end result is good. But what did you miss when you missed the right turn? Do you know how many times we've been driving through a state, you know, okay, we meant to turn there, but, you know, we've missed it. So, you know, let's just go on, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we're going to get where we're going anyway. We missed the scenic route. Listen, God wants to take you on the scenic route. Your entire life. He wants you to enjoy the journey. He wants you to be able to look around and go, oh, that's magnificent. That is gorgeous. He, he, he wants you to, to see the best, to enjoy the best, to have the best. 
to know that you're completely content in the direction he's got you going in. Guideposts, milestones. What's your milestone? There, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of ways, you know, that that could be seen. Lois had said while she was here at the ladies' conference that we make 35,000 choices a day. Am I going to wear this black shoe or that black shoe? This morning I was going, do these pearl earrings or these pearl earrings? I mean, some of it has nothing to do with our spiritual life at all. Most of it has nothing to do with our spiritual life at all. But there's a lot that goes on during our day that has something to do with our spiritual life. And we need to be able to recognize those things and say yes when we need to say yes. There are times when we've got our own plans in motion and God will stop us and that's when we say yes to the no. You understand me? You're going one direction and God says, no, 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 no. You have an opportunity to say yes to that no. A lot of people miss the boat big time. When they're, they're headed, they're determined to do something. Determined to do something. And God will say, not the best choice. I don't think you need, you don't need to go down that road. This is not the time. It's not the place. It's not the person. It's not something. You have a, you have a decision whether to say yes to that or not. And I'm running out of time again. Uh, hallelujah. Getting in the habit of saying yes will make it easier to say yes. It also helps you tune out the enemy's objections to the reason why you shouldn't say yes. You just get used to say, saying yes says, says that you trust God and don't let fear then keep you from saying yes. I said yes that Sunday morning or that Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. You know, fear's all there. You know, but it said yes because I trusted God. I trusted God because I had a witness on the inside of me. I'm supposed to do this. I had to trust God to get through that. And, and you know, she reminded me later, Pastor Nancy did, she goes, this will make it easier the next time. And I'm going, yes, ma'am. It'll make it easier the next time. Hallelujah. Saying yes establishes your place as a child of God. Saying yes establishes your place as a servant of God. Saying yes establishes your place as a blessing to others. And saying yes establishes yourself in the plan and purposes of God. And, you know, don't, don't think that small things don't matter. There was a little boy who went to one of Jesus' meetings. Just a little boy who said yes to the meeting. And he went. And when there was no food... And nothing for, nothing for people to eat. And the, and the, and the crowd was, was really hungry. And Jesus said, feed them. There was a little boy who stepped up and said, I have five loaves and two fish you can have. See, the, we need to say yes with what we have. What we have, we need to offer to God. And let him take it and let him bless it. Let him multiply what we have. The supply that we bring to a service, the supply we bring to Anything that God is endeavoring to get done is not small. It might look small to you, but that little five loaves and two fishes fed the multitudes with plenty left over. 
Don't let the enemy talk you into thinking of your anything or anything you do is of insignificance. It's trivial at all. But you have to learn to say yes. Reinhard Bonnke, I just, I just saw this quote from him. It says, Jesus will pick you up out of the deepest pit, but he will not pull you up from your easy chair. <laughs> That's your job. That's saying yes. Is pull yourself up out of that easy chair. And just learn to say yes. Say yes to using your faith in the days ahead. Pastors on a wonderful series, a life-changing series. We, you know, we were talking about this the other day, uh, about he's, he's saying things, maybe we're just hearing things that we've never heard that way before. Listen, God's getting a people ready. And I keep saying this on Wednesday nights because I'm talking about disciplining the flesh right now. We were talking about renewing the mind, talking about disciplining the flesh right now. And, and I keep saying, God says he can't send, this is through Brother Randy Greer, a prophet. He say, God says, I can't send revival because people aren't ready. Part of getting ready is renewing the mind. Part of getting re ready is disciplining the flesh. Part of getting ready is saying yes to God. Say yes to use your, using your faith. Get skilled at it. Get skilled at all of these things. Hallelujah. And I'll close with this. We sing this song around here. And I was telling Brother Steve the other day, I said, we ought to stop singing this song until we all get to the place where we can actually not be lying about it. I'll say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say, yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. I think that we can all of us say, in being really honest, that we could all do a better job of saying yes. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.